that point in your life where you can yell stool softener out loud in front of a bunch of people. Both are the cyber bullied and the cyber bullies. We were in the woods a lot. I'll just say that. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to the Dry Bar Comedy Podcast, the podcast that is funny for everyone, where you get to hang out with some of your favorite dry bar comedians. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jordan Macon, and I am joined by... Taylor Nielsen, the other co-host. And look at his shaven face today. Yeah, this is a little bit of a sight for you uh, frequent viewers. It's You're seeing more of me than usual. So wow. I either apologize or congratulate you. Taylor was telling me that uh, he thinks it makes him look younger, but <laughs> I, th- I think it added years to your face to see. All right. Well, next time you had to come with a shaven face. I know. No, it would be awful. Nobody would watch this anymore. All right. Well, we have a great show today, so we should probably just get to it. I'm super excited for it. Should we jump to the clip, see who our guest is? I think we should jump to the clip. Let's do it. After the millennials come Gen Z. Gen Z was born between 1995 and 2015. Gen Z, these are my kids. Good luck, America. (laughs) Gen Z doesn't know how to write a check. They don't know how to address an envelope. They don't know how to read cursive. They don't know how to read a paper map. They can't get anywhere unless there's a GPS map on their phone. All I'm saying is if Gen Z takes over the world, it's going to be pretty easy to get it back. write our battle plans in cursive on a piece of paper (laughs) and then mail it to ourselves in envelopes great well you know who it is it's karen morgan she's had a couple of specials with dry bar that have been huge hits go dogs and rub some dirt in it please give a warm welcome to karen morgan everybody hey hey how are y'all (laughs) <laughs> we're good we're good yeah thanks for being here thanks for being here on a black friday of all black days. friday yeah i i got up i took one child to the airport at 4 30 a.m and my husband said you want to go to the door busters and i was like no i'm good <laughs> back to bed <laughs> i feel like the more online shopping becomes an option the more the doorbusters just sound like the worst yeah. kind of experience. The worst. And, and the malls are sad. Like, you know, the malls are just like, I don't know. Our, our mall, we have one mall in Maine, and it's called the Maine Mall. And I'm not making that up. It's oh, that's amazing. Mall. So, anyway, it's because that's funny. Um, Maine's famous for its wordplay up there. Yeah. Yeah. You got to make use of that. Um yeah, the Ma- the mall in Maine. Now that's an interesting location. The, the mall nearby us, it, ha- it has large wings converted into like Dungeons and Dragons type <laughs> um, mercantile areas. Have you seen this? What are you talking about? <laughs> what, like cosplay they, kind of stuff. Or? Like cosplay er- areas where people will come and sell um, like little leather trinkets, stuff that you would like. <laughs> Like might get in Middle Earth. Like you haven't seen, you haven't heard of this? At the University Mall? This is at South Provo. Oh, South Provo. Yeah. So there's just wings of the mall that are shut down, but they have these weird. um, But if you want to be an orc, you can go there. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) This is an all year thing, not just like a Halloween thing. You know, I've, I've been multiple times a year and it's set up. So I don't know. It could. I think it's there all the time. What do you dress up as when you go? (laughs) You think I 
I don't go there. Oh, all right, I, all right. I'm not dressed as I some sort assume. of um, wizard. <laughs> that well, I know where I'm going next time I come out there. I'm yeah, go it's a great oh, mall. It's the main mall. It's here. a must see. Top ten activity in Provo. <laughs> well, we love your clip, Karen, and I, we are appreciative because you're hanging out with a Gen Zer right here. I know his old face wouldn't make you think that. <laughs> we have a Gen Z here. Yeah. We have a millennial here and a, and you're a Gen Xers. We were this is kind of I think we're making boom, podcast boom, boom. history. We're making podcasts that we have multiple generations, you know, represented and thank you to all the Gen Zers out there who do have a sense of humor about it, including my kids who uh, before I when I wrote this bit, which is it's grown over the years, but it started out just making fun of my kids, and they've been very patient with me for a very <laughs> long time. For a very long time. Yeah, I was going to ask so if it fun. caused any rifts in the family, but no, they're all right. No, no, you know, not when they know what I do for a living. And and I did have to, you know, I had a couple of moments where, when this went viral on Reddit or something like that, a, a piece of it went viral, and so w- there was some blowback from some people that some some Gen Zers who got their feelings hurt. <laughs> oh, <no>. um, <laughs> I had one person that would come in on my website, and it was just like, "You need to, you're old." And it was like the 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 jabs were not even good. It was like, "You're old. You need to go to the nursing home." And I'm like, oh, "Do better," you know. Um, but I, but we did like I had a little moment. My daughter was here one particular day when I, I, I got somebody from London reached out to me. And they're like, "Are you aware that some people are finding this offensive and hurtful?" And I was like, "I, I don't care." That's <laughs> so. But my daughter was here with me that day, and she and I said, "Do do I respond to that? You know, what do I do with this?" And she's like, "Mom, you've been doing that joke for so long, and I and I remember when you wrote it." Uh, don't respond, and I did not. So it's just, it's just kind of interesting to watch the, the blowback, and that's kind of died down now. So it's it's all that's, good. That's classic. That's well, the so exciting funny. thing is we have the commenter here with us right now. <laughs> I've grown a lot. Were you, were you the one I had to block from my website for all those? Hurtful yeah, things to me, I had several accounts. So yeah, there was. <laughs> that's. That's one thing for Gen Z. We know how to. We we both are the cyber bullied and the cyber bullies. <laughs> we know how to do it. <laughs> we, we know how um, to have different email addresses. Well, we're like the UN of generations here, so I think we can like officially from a Gen Zer. The jokes are funny and approved. My, my, I think my favorite one that comments somebody was trying to be mean to me. I bet she doesn't even know how to change her phone into dark mode. <laughs> <laughs> and there was something about it. But I bet she can't make a fillable PDF. And I'm like, yeah, I can. I can. <laughs> well, the thing is there's YouTube that can help you do any of those things. Anything. Yeah. Right. I, I changed a faucet out of my bathroom on YouTube. It, water shoots up instead of down but it works it's great yeah. so thanks to the millennial for inventing youtube thank you jordan you're welcome yes. it was a long and arduous process <laughs> but we came together and did it taylor did you want to offer because taylor does like your joke but he did want to offer a rebuttal of some things that gen zers are, are good at okay um well i had someone come up to me when i i told them that we were going to have you on the podcast and they wanted Oddly enough, they were a millennial who saw the Gen Z clip and wanted to say that, well, 
Well, <laughs> what did I tell you? I don't even remember. <laughs> just, I just thought you wanted to say stuff you're good at, not not. Oh man, well. But if not, that's all right too. Let's see. Um, I'm good. I really am active on Club Penguin. I know how to. <laughs> what, what's Club Penguin? <laughs> I remember never... my kids had Club Penguin. Toontown. Um, I'm like a premium Toontown to- user. Uh, let's oh see. Penguin, that's just I had PTSD right now. <laughs> <laughs> Did your kids try and get you to upgrade they, to the no, paid had, version of Club, Club Penguin? There was there was one though that had they came with little figures and they uh, oh I'm not gonna remember the name of them. It wasn't Club Penguin. We did Club Penguin for a while, and then yeah. we had something that they came with little figures and then you'd put them on the playing board and then they were on the screen and that went whatever that was cool but. We, we still have the figures, but that thing went belly up. So, whatever. Yeah. As a millennial and someone who did not raise Gen Zers, what is Club Penguin? I'm very confused. Club Penguin is a sort of, unless you'd like, would you like to describe it from your I point of view? Let, I want to hear Taylor's describe it. <laughs> um, it's, it's like a social media platform where you're all different colored penguins. <laughs> And you can kind of meet together in a penguin clubhouse and play different penguin themed games together. Do they online. have a wing of this at the mall? <laughs> <laughs> no, this this isn't a physical platform. This okay. is, uh, but maybe it should be adapted into a. I'm sure there's some, you know, subsection of the furry community that dresses as penguins. The penguin. So you would be friends with real people you knew on here. As penguins, or will you just no, meet random no. penguins? Yeah, random penguins. And I, I don't think you could talk to each other really. Maybe you could communicate in a, like emojis or something. I don't. I just remember you could only like make them go to different pl- houses and places and stuff. Like you, mm-hmm. and it was all about which color penguin were you. It's more of like you know what was your penguin personality. I don't remember. I remember. <laughs> I remember getting asked a lot, can we upgrade to the next level? And it was like, is, does that one cost money? And the answer is no. So I don't know. I wouldn't get past that. Good. Yeah. Well, wow. well, I'm really sad I missed out. Yeah. You, you're, you should be. <laughs> it's probably somewhere. You could probably find it if you really want. I'm going to go. Dig that up. Twitter's dying, so I need a, I need a new platform. And I think Club The emerging Penguin. social platform. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought yes. they should combine like mine. Was it Minecraft? No, the one where you build cities. World of world. What's the one that you build the cities? You take the blocks and you make a city out of it. Yeah, that's um, Minecraft. Yeah, you can build pretty much anything out I of blocks. Like you should, they should like let the penguins go there. <laughs> like <laughs> the, kind of like the refugees. Crossed kind of of, over to the other the other game. Yeah, it's a good idea. <laughs> that's that's a good funny. idea. Um, well, what about you as a millennial? Is there anything you want to uh, defend yourself? You know, millennials, we're really good at coming up with reasons why we don't have to do things. <laughs> That's kind of what I've realized. <laughs> like people say millennials are lazy, and we are, but we're also just really good at saying, well, here's why we don't need to do that. Just <laughs> <laughs> defend being lazy, just defend not doing anything. That's okay. That's- that's yeah, funny. We're very creative. I feel like Gen Z took it a step further, and they like, we're not going to do it, and we don't need to defend why. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that, that's true. That is, yeah, that is you're is. bad people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Karen, what are the, what are the Gen Xers' top qualities? Would you say? Well, the first is that we don't care what y'all are doing at all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 because Gen Xers, we they we are, and I'm a, I'm the oldest year of Gen X, so you know I have a couple of Gen Jones traits in terms of my upbringing. But Gen Xers in general like the fact that we're under the radar. You know, nobody really cares about about shouting who we are. We like to be under the radar and we like, you know, we like our music and we like the fact that we were, I think the only or the last generations that was pre and post cell phone, pre and post, you know, technology, pre and post computers, you know, all of those things. So we got to live through all of them. And so we know, we know a little bit about all of them, (laughs) just enough to be dangerous, but not enough about (laughs) all of it. And so, mm-hmm. but we don't we don't care about our ignorance about technology necessarily. We're proud of we're proud of it. So, yes, yeah. I'm jealous of that. The, yeah. the fact of not caring because millennials, it's like all we do is care about our online profile. We need a <laughs> brand. We need. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I envy the yeah. Gen Xers not caring. Yeah. Yeah, and we don't, you know, we don't take 18 selfies to get a picture, a little, what do you call it, those little pictures, profile pictures. We're like, I'll put a picture of a cassette tape up there and we tell it down with that. We don't, <laughs> I think the show, when I go to sh- live shows, I think the majority of what I get um, comments are people are, they, they're, they're proud of the fact that we gr- did not have adult supervision growing up. We didn't. We were just feral out in the woods you know, out in the woods doing things we shouldn't have been doing or on our bikes all day as young children. And we, you know, we're, we're proud. Most of us are proud to still be alive, quite honestly. <laughs> right. You know. <laughs> well, my, my reverence point is like the uh, kids in Stranger Things. Is that an accurate representation of how you grew up? It's, it, there, there's a lot. I can tell that the writers on that show must be my age because of the references that, that when I watch that show, which I like, and it's a weird show, but I still kind of like it. Um, the the pop culture references are definitely there. There's a few things that are a little bit off, but mo- I can tell the writers are probably somebody my age that has a writing team that's younger. That person's going, no, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have done that. You know, we wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. You know, but they we were on our bikes all day. I have this story I've added. This, this bit has grown, by the way. It's now the whole generations bit is now almost an hour long. Whoa. <laughs> Um, now that, cause I've gone out and I, and I get, I get feedback. My current one is talking about movies that we went to, you know, um, now the PG movies, we first, we went to the movies by ourselves. We didn't have anybody with us. We rode our bikes there or our moms dropped us off there. Right. Nobody went with us to the movies. And so if it was a PG movie or G movie, my, my mom like, here, here's some money, have fun. Um, here's PG movies. They have today. Moana. Frozen, Monsters Inc. Those are all PG. Here's a PG movie I watched as a child, Jaws. And so <laughs> I saw Jaws by myself with my little neighbor, and you know we live to tell about it. But it's it, it's it's just a very different upbringing. And that bit, every time I do a show, somebody comes up to me and says, "Well, what about this?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's usually me going, oh, I forgot. You know, I forgot about that. We all have a little bit of like repression." <laughs> yeah your comments we were just looking through the comments on that clip and there's so many of people like yes she's exactly right we definitely shot bow and arrows at each other we definitely (laughs) threw rocks people that have bb's still lodged in their bodies those people are so proud of that they're like i still have a bb in my arm (laughs) (laughs) 
I had a bone sticking out and my mom wouldn't take me to the hospital. And we're, everybody's proud of the fact that we were injured and like hurting. <laughs> was- That's funny. Well, how does the, um, the way that Gen X was raised, because like you're raising some Gen Z people, yeah, yeah. how does that affect the way that you raise your kids? So that's a good question because a lot of the comments that I got, you know, from 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 this video, are the fact that oh now now Gen Xers have overcorrected, you know now they're we're all helicopter parents and now we're like being I I am not a helicopter mom at all. I mean I definitely am. I know where my kids are, you know. Now they're in their <laughs> now, but you know when they were when they were teenagers. Let's say when they were you know teenagers, or even let's go back to when they were eight or nine, and I was in the neighborhood, you know, riding around the Charlie Chip delivery van with the guy. Um, you know, I my mom had no idea where where we were, but that was pre cell phone, pre technology. You you know, you just didn't know where where your kids were. Um, I knew where my kids were at those ages, I, you know, but I am not one of these moms and there's a lot of moms out there that do this and it's not, it's just a parenting style, but they go to all their kids practices and they go to all the stuff. And I'm like, uh, I'll drop you off at practice, but I don't need to watch that. You know, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll come to your games and stuff. So I think some of the blowback is that the, the Gen Xers have overcorrected. And I think this goes down to the millennial parents as well. Um, that, you know, it's an overcorrecting of I'm, I'm going to do this better than my parents did. Well, some of the stuff that my mom did by not being around probably made me a better better, more independent person. So I did, mm-hmm. I, I try to do a blending of the two things and my kids have made it to their twenties and they're still here and we're good. <laughs> <That's> good. <laughs> Are they finding their path as Gen Zers? Or do you have more faith in the Gen Z? I do. Oh, absolutely. Um, what I love about my show, my live shows is that I will have my I'm like parents and children to, there together, usually moms and daughters. And they and I and I greet everybody after the show in the lobby and they always come up and it's always it's, sometimes it's a, a daughter that's brought, brought the mom, you know, I, I, I brought my mom to see you or, or vice versa. And then, then there's usually like, a but I can write cursive. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We'll never use it ever, but I was taught it in the second grade. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I definitely was. Yeah. Well, part of my new bit is I I have a permanent callus on this bad finger right here, but from learning cursive with the big black uh, pencils that we had in first grade, Uh, you know, you had that that cursive paper with the lines, but I I have a permanent scar. Finger from learning. <laughs> Gen Xers with their BBs in their arms and their calloused fingers from <laughs> writing cursive all day. Yeah, all day long. The war zone. <laughs> That's amazing. I, it's really cool, uh, and we see this a lot at Dry Bar, to see different generations like see clips of comedians on facebook or youtube or whatever and then be able to connect with their parents or family and be like this is something that we both think is funny and they come to the shows and and i and i I do love that i think this is part of the gift of i think of what we do and what dry bar offers is that you know it is for everyone and it also creates conversations between generations of people like today but also parents and children I, i that's my favorite part of it. And my kids have been around me since I started doing comedy when they were very young. So um, now they see kind of, you know, what my childhood was through the comedy. Cause all my, all my comedy is, is truth-based, you know, I'm storytelling really about what really happened. And some people still, they're like, did that really happen? I'm like, yep. 
It did. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. I know Jordan struggles coming up with material sometimes because... <laughs> because why, Taylor? <laughs> you don't have... It's the light. You don't have quite as much life to draw on. I mean, you know I mean? I have so much experience in video games. <laughs> <and> <laughs> watching TV at home with very protective parents. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's no, true. I mean, it, I, I'm almost, uh, almost, almost sixty. I'm very getting close to that gen, that you know, decade, and. Um, I didn't start doing comedy till I was 40. So I had life experience, you know, before I even got to that 40 year mark when I started. And, and I, and I understand that with life experience, depending on how, what kind of a comedy writer you are, you have to draw from the well from someplace. And so uh, comics in their twenties, you know, there's going to be a lot of overlap of dating, dating jokes and, Mm -hmm. you know, and online date, that sort of thing. And, and, I had a friend say, I'm so tired of hearing younger comics talk about that. I'm like, well, it's, that's what they know. And they really, they haven't been around for all of these years to have some more life experience to talk about. They will. Um, you got to, and you got to start somewhere, but I don't, I would not have done very well if I was in my twenties when I started because (laughs) I'm, you know, I needed some more stuff to talk about, but I started out as, as a mom doing it. So I was 40 when I started. Well, let's talk about a little bit because in your special, you, talk, you briefly mentioned that you were a trial attorney, and that's part, it's in your bio too. So, how did you get into comedy? How did you go from being an attorney to being a comedian? Tell us a little bit about that. Um, so, the, the very short answer is I had three kids in three years. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I actually I practiced law for a while, and I was a trial attorney. I did criminal defense law, and I did uh, medical malpractice work. And um, then I had my first son went back to work for a little bit. And then I had my daughter and then I was like, you know what? I, I really, I wanted to stay home with my kids and, you know, and, and we were privileged enough that I was able to do that. Not everybody is. And so, but I did tell my husband, I'm like, I think I would rather stay home with them than go represent murderers. Thank you. So, <laughs> so teach their and, own, I guess. And, no, teach their own. Murders. <laughs> there was one particular case in general that was like, I, I was pregnant out to here with my daughter and I was doing this murder case. It was just awful. And I was like, maybe, maybe the babies would be more fun than this. Um, so then I had my, my third, my third child after that. And so then I'm, I was home in a house with three small children under the age of three and literally needed to get out of my house for just one night a week. And um, so then I took a, a stand-up workshop that was uh, just at the local comedy club, you know, we're in Portland, Maine, where we live. Tim Farrell was the teacher. He's still a good friend of mine and he's one, he's still teaching. And he really said, you know, you're, you're great at this if you want to do that. And then um, Nick at night had search for the funniest mom in America when my graduation show was happening, it just happened to be lined up in terms of timing. And Tim sent my VHS tape, the giant one, <laughs> the padded envelope to, to, <laughs> to, to Nickelodeon. And um, I became one of the seven finalists. Leanne Morgan was one. I was one. Christine Hurley. All these girls that were in it, we were, there were seven of us. And then um, after it was over, that was when I started producing live shows because I, I was uh, writing at the time, Jeff Foxworthy and Larry, the cable, they, they were having the blue collar comedy tour. 
And I was looking at this tour going, we should do this tour, but for moms. And so I, I grabbed Nancy Witter and Sherry Davy, that were two of the seven. And we toured for like five years with, with a show called Mama's Night Out. So that's kind of the quick progression. I, I never really didn't plan on doing this full time, but I'm almost eight, 18 years now. Still been doing wow. it. Yeah. So did you, as you were being a trial attorney, was comedy always on your mind? Was that something like you ate from a younger age? Was it something you wanted to do or just what's came no, up? No, I, I, I always had, you know, I always loved comedy. I would stay, you know, I remember when Saturday Night Live first came out, I would stay <laughs> with my dad. I think I was like 12 when it first, 11 or 12, maybe 10. I can't remember. But whatever age I was, I would stay up with my dad to watch Saturday Night Live. Um, my dad took me to see Steve Martin's Let's Get Small tour. You know, so wow. I always liked it. I would stay up and watch Johnny Carson with him, um, you know, and, and just enjoyed watching it and being entertained by it, but never had any like aspirations of actually doing it. I think I probably thought about writing comedy before performing comedy, because I think mm-hmm. that to me is the key to why I'm still interested in it and why I was always because the writing to me is the challenge. Um and, and you know this because it's, it's, it is the hardest part and it's, it's hard to make it look seamless and effortless when it's sometimes really hard to, to write and get things exactly the timing good and the words right. And so I love that challenge of just perfecting a five minute bit. It's just super fun. So yeah, um, that's why I'm still doing it. No, that's awesome. Wow. wow. It's amazing to me that you started like in my mind, and maybe I'm misrepresenting it, but there's not anywhere in America that much more remote than Maine. <laughs> <laughs> so, so to start there and then make a career out of it is yeah. is really awesome. Well, it was interesting because, like I said, I think having really not planned for it to be a career, you know, to, the Nick and I thing really kind of started it. Cause I didn't really, I was like, Oh, this could be a thing. Yeah. I could actually do this. And then we toured for those five years. Then I came back home. I was starting to miss my kids games and my, you know, family events. And at, at some point I was like, Hey, you know, I stopped practicing law to stay home with my kids. And now I'm leaving my kids to do comedy, to talk about my kids. And that, it, that just seemed like didn't, wasn't great for me at the time. Right. So I came back home and, you know, and at, would do, would, I just didn't do full touring. I just came back home and did local shows and a, a few corporate shows here and there. And then the irony was that 2020 was when I was going to go full back out. Cause that's when all three kids would be <laughs> in college and I would be able to go back out. And then we had a, we had an event in our world. <laughs> <laughs> Even in Maine, huh? Even in Maine. <laughs> Although I do say not much changed. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not like we're hanging out with a whole lot of people. We're around the woods anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Wow. Yeah. Although I did have to learn, I did learn, TikTok and I and I started doing voiceovers and I started doing things that I could do from the house, you know, that were very different. And I was very lucky that my first dry bar was taped before the pandemic. So that was very helpful in terms of my exposure. So it it that was going and then and then pandemic and then I did the second one after that. So Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So did going back to I have one more question about being a lawyer. Was there ever a moment in a case where you got the jury laughing and you were like, that felt a little good? Or does that not happen in murder cases? <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not really. <laughs> 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 not 
want it to necessarily. No, there, yeah. no. There, uh, I got some people crying a couple times. The, the worst <laughs> one, no, the worst one was I was pre- again pregnant out to here, and I was hormonal, so I was like very emotional about my my closing arguments. And I don't think the opposing counsel liked the fact that I was able to cry and to say, I'm sorry, I'm hormonal, but I, I got people crying. Um, but I wasn't fake crying. I was, I was very hormonal and very into the case of whatever I was talking about at the time. <laughs> <But> <laughs> no, la- la- the, now, did we laugh behind the scenes as we were putting exhibit stickers on pornography? Yes, we did. We, <laughs> yeah, there was there was some there was some humor happening behind the scenes, but not in the courtroom. It's very, 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 very yeah. Serious. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> Taylor's comedy is more crying comedy also, so he understands that reaction. Well, yeah. I mean, it's highs and lows with me. Like, Unless I make someone cry, I can't make them laugh as hard as I want to. This is what you will cry or you will laugh. Pick one. Yeah. That's right. That's right. But you will feel something. So you got connected with Drybar. Was there any kind of story there? Did you? How did you find out about Drybar and then make it to the stage? Um, I found out my friend Greg Warren um, right. had done one, and um, Greg's a dear friend, love him dearly. I met Greg through Vic Henley, who sadly passed away during COVID, but um, I was very, very close with Vic, and then Vic introduced me to Greg. I was I produced the Nantucket Comedy Festival for about eight years, and during mm. that, met a lot of great comics, and Greg was one of those comments comics, and so we're still really good buddies. And so Greg had told me about it. And he goes, you, you, he goes, you're, you know, you, because I, I do work clean, um, and he said I think your stuff would really go well. And then I think I got the contact from him and sent the email in, and it worked out really well. So that was. And and I really what I love about Drybar, first of all, the, the the taping that live show there with that audience is so wonderfully satisfying. Those people that are out there are so kind and so nice, and they really know comedy and they're really into it. Um, and it, I don't know, it's, it was just really a, a great feeling. You're, the staff there is amazing. You know, I just I love when people are nice, and it's <laughs> it's just I don't know. It worked out really well. I had a great time. Great. Well, you're definitely one of our audience's favorites, so we really appreciate yeah. you lending your talents to Drybar and and all of that. Well, I'm I'm happy to do it and happy to keep coming back. I got to get I got this when this generation get bit gets two hours long. I, I'll bring it back out there. We'll 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 make other people mad. Maybe the babies of today will be mad by the time. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm at a point in my life where I'm starting to. Um, differentiate myself from the younger generation like i'm noticing differences between me and my nephews and things that they say that i don't get or understand it's a really strange (laughs) phenomenon in our shoes when we've got four generations under us now going we don't understand anything (laughs) and and i try not to be that curmudgeon old lady you know but Every now and then, I'm like, it's kind of nice to be the curmudgeonial lady because I don't care. It's, it, you know, there was a lady in the pharmacy the other day, and she, you know, I'm going to guess 80s, and she's yelling to the pharmacist about stool softeners really loud. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, how nice just to be at that point in your life where you can yell stool softener out loud in front of a bunch of people. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the dream, isn't it? Yeah, I hope to be there <laughs> someday. <laughs> Here's here's my thing where I'm realizing I'm getting old is I look at how 
younger kids are dressed. And I go, that's fashion now? Mm-hmm. Not that I ever had a handle on what fashion was, but I have all these judgments like that's that's what people that's wear. That's what now? we're doing now. This is what it, we're, well, and what ha- happening now? I see. I'm seeing the '80s stuff coming back again. Yeah, and that's what cool. I noticed too. Now, I want to say, girls, we we already did that, and it didn't work out well the first time. So I don't know why y'all need to repeat that's, it. That's not okay. That's funny. If somebody guys, brings back big shoulder pads, I'm gonna be very upset. That's not that can't. Well, they're coming. They're coming. It's close. I feel like I've been. I'm just. I just wear them anyways, just to make my shoulders look. He's wearing them right narrow. now. You would not believe how small his shoulders are. A very weak Gen Z frame over here. That's right. That's right. All those. I should have learned curse. Should have exercised those cursive muscles. Yeah. I hope you don't get lost when the grid grid goes down. It's happening. (laughs) Do you think, though, that in like with all the access to social media and stuff now, that fashion and trends are becoming more either faster, like they don't last as long, or they're not as like homogenized, like they don't go across all of culture? Like, I feel like there's people dressed. Like they're in the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, like every era, whatever they like now more than in the past, maybe. Yeah, I, th- I think it's diluted a little bit just because it's spread out through so many people in so many places. I'm so thankful that we didn't have social media. And you hear people my age say this all the time for a variety of reasons of getting in trouble or what we would have posted or whatever. I'm, I'm thankful we didn't have you know, I've got some photographs from college only of, of the bad fashions that we had, only because there was this man that would come to all the college parties. He was called the picture man. And the picture man would take a picture with a camera. And then when the parties were over, they, he would bring the, this like actual film thing and he would pick out which pictures you wanted. <laughs> and that's the only evidence I have of the awful things we wore or the awful <laughs> hair that we had or from those pictures. But um I'm I'm glad I'm glad we didn't have it, but I do think fashion now I don't notice it as much as being, you know, specific to say oh we're going to really think about this when we look back to 2023 about this particular hairstyle, right. but maybe back in 1982 we didn't think it was going to be funny either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw a TikTok Gen Z platform. Um, <laughs> I'm familiar. <laughs> I saw a TikTok where it, there was a guy showing movies from 2000 and a movie from 2023, and the guys in it were dressed exactly the same. And that thing is pointing out what you were saying, that if you saw a movie from 1975 and then a movie from 1981, the difference would be insane. They look like yeah. they're totally different mm-hmm. people. But now, there's. I think you're right. It's all kind of mixing together. Yeah. And uh, well, not, I, I don't really have a good point here. I just want to <laughs> just want to chime in that I watched you gotta something. Got to get in there. Got to get in there when you can. <laughs> <laughs> well, like on Stranger Things, you know, when they're trying to do those period pieces, you know, they they did a pretty good job with the the, the you know the bad gym shorts and the, the socks that we pulled, all the awful things. They they hit all those things, and yeah. and they look glaringly awful now. But we all you know we all wore them then, so it didn't matter. We, I did want to ask how many different dimensions did you find in your childhood? Did they get that part right of Stranger Things? <laughs> <laughs> We did again. We we weren't able to record anything, but we we were in the woods a lot. I'll just say that. <laughs> Gen Xers spent a lot of time in the woods. That's man, <laughs> which is pretty awesome and something I'm envious. I, I was I grew up in Washington State. Okay. 
so near a different like Portland than you're at near now, but it was, uh, I got to, I got to spend some time in the woods and I think, <laughs> and I think fondly on those times. Well, and I grew up in Athens, Georgia. And so it's, it's very, just the weather's different, but it was a very, we had woods, you know, we grew up again. I think the neighborhood is what I find the most interesting, the biggest, strongest memory I have. I, I just recorded an audio album back in Athens a few weeks ago and I had, you know, my mom's friends were there, the ones that drove the giant station wagons, you know, all those, those people were actually there. So we, I got a lot of people coming up. Remember that time we went in the woods and did blah, blah, blah. Again, I'm like, <laughs> we spent a lot of time in the woods, whatever we were doing. <laughs> yeah. Very different from my childhood. My, my remembrance is remember the time my parents wouldn't let me have a sleepover because they were scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Same with my parents. My parents wouldn't let me have sleepovers either. Yeah, that's a, I think that's a. Why, why not? Because <laughs> they didn't. My mom was. Just, my mom would never explain. She just things happen at sleepovers. I'm like, what's what's happening? <laughs> I, I think it might have been a concern that like they had a very regimented, um, like rule system that they wanted me to follow, or like thoughts about life they wanted me also to learn. So if I go to a sleepover. Who knows what I might learn at night and then take back into my yeah, own life. Yeah, a lot of deconstruction happens at sleepovers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's how we learn. You gotta, somebody, yeah. Somebody's bra's got to go in the freezer before you learn that life lesson. It's <laughs> yeah. My wife and I sleep in different houses still. I still uh, I've never had a sleepover. <laughs> that's the key to a long marriage. It's yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, Karen, I think we're about to the end of our time slot here. I have, I have one final question. Do you want to? Yeah, go ahead. Well, I just wanted you, Karen, to rank what's most difficult, stand-up comedy, parenting Gen Zers, or being an attorney? And then to follow up, which one's the most fulfilling? Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> put we're gonna put being an attorney at the bottom of both of those. <laughs> I'm gonna rank bottom to top. So um, again, parent parenting Gen Zers. Oh, oh, that's hard between the two. I, I love my kids dearly, and and I really we have a great relationship. So parenting them and 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 learning through them is kind of fun. But stand up comedy still, you know, I'm I, I'm still amazed i'm still doing this and love this as much as i do i will never not love doing this and i can't call it a job it's not a job to me it's really a calling and what i enjoy and i love connecting with people whether it's through you know memories of how we grew up or or how they're parenting or whatever the stand-up comedy is going to always be at the top of that list um now again i have to i can't say my kids aren't at the top of the list either so it's a tie but which one which one i want to do all day is i'm gonna i'd rather be writing stand-up and performing than doing anything else so it sounds like kids are second, and that's what we'll <laughs> yeah. take away from it. <laughs> If I had to pick one, I'm going to go on the road. But <laughs> it, it is true, though. I have had to, over this 18 years, I, when I started it, because I had three little kids when I started, the rule that I made to myself was that family would always be first. And and I kept, I've kept i still kept to that rule, and, and it, it definitely was the right choice and and i don't regret i've given up some opportunities to to be able to be with my kids and i'm happy that i did it because they've turned out to be well-adjusted kids that 
can't write cursive, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it's, again, in terms of a fulfilling career of doing something, stand-up comedy wins hands down. Good answer. Good answer. Stand up for the win. Woo! <laughs> go the well, woods. Yeah. Everybody go the woods. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now that's a tough one. Woods or stand up? Oh, uh, well. <laughs> I mean, you got to figure out where you are in life. Woods as a 12 year old, stand up as a 58 year old. Has that? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we could produce a stand-up show in the woods sometime. There we go. Well, see, the, the thing about Gen Xers is we don't you don't talk about the woods. Eh, what happens in the woods stays in the woods. There, is no woods. there are no woods. <laughs> wow, that explains all the deforestation in the world. Yep. What's going on there? Uh, we have to d- destroy the evidence. Yeah. Well, Karen, we really we, it was really made me excited to hear about. You wanted to come back to do another dry bar special, and I hope you do come back soon. I hope so too. I, it might, I have one, my older son will be out living in Salt Lake this winter, so maybe I'll come for a visit. We'll go to the mall. Yeah, awesome, very cool. And the then, you, mall. then we could have you in person. Because I, I mean, do that. yeah, we'll get we'll go to the mall and we'll buy some leather things and create a costume. Oh yeah, we'll do a remote episode in the abandoned wing of the mall. <laughs> that would be great. Thank y'all so much We'd for having that. me. Karen, is there anything you would like to plug before we get out of here? No, I just I, I want to give a, one more big thanks to Drybar for for everything that Drybar does for not just clean comedy but for comedy in general. Um, I, I think it's just so nice as a clean comic to have a platform for for so many of us clean comics for people to to see us that we may not other otherwise having been seen. So thanks for to to Drybar for everything that they do. Of course. Well, well Drybar's lucky to have you. Yep. <laughs> well, I feel that way too. <laughs> and go well, dog. Gr- go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. <laughs> well, great. And thank you, Karen. And thank you to the Drybar audience. We really appreciate you tuning in. Make sure to check drybar.comedy.com for upcoming shows and some merch. And uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>